Hello everyone, welcome to episode 18 of the Kicking About podcast. Um, back again, this time with Ty. Ty, how are you doing? A special guest at this point, apparently, because I'm not here that often, apparently. He's not here that You're often. not really there. He's not often. I've only missed two episodes. Three. At four. least three. At least four. Two. Uh, Five. For anyone who's listened to this podcast, and if you're wondering, is it really because of Ty that we're not getting so many I've episodes? I've done at least three yeah, because you're every, it's every actually time you not like, because of me. Every time you say, I need to cook hey, dinner, like, hey, hey, hey wait, I need wait, to wait, cook wait, dinner wait. tonight. Wait a minute, wait, wait a minute. Let me just say this. Every time that we don't record, it's mainly not because I'm not able to make it. You've done it's usually because twice now, when we can, someone else in this group does. Okay, am I going to say, I change dates. I always say the Tuesday or Wednesday if I can't make it. But every now and then, then we, all do that. we then get ready to shoot. And then someone forgets the kit. And then you say to yourself, okay, why oh, are yeah. the episodes more consistent? Hmm. I wonder why I got a random <laughs> Monday, Tuesday drop for my podcast. I should be on a Thursday, Friday. You want to know why? Well, do you know why? It's because we, we can't give you more responsibility because you can't even turn up. But, but if we I speak, it. I'm in trouble. If I speak, I'm in trouble. Yeah, we're going to prosecute you. Yeah, we yeah. are. It's not a free country anymore. Yeah. Uh, Thank you, uh, thanks, uh, lords, who didn't pass the bill. Um, otherwise, we'll prosecute you for being noisy. I'm still going to prosecute you anyway. Yeah, okay. Noise complaints. You well, don't even live near me, but I'm going to p- make them. Well, everyone now knows that it's legit business now. Legit. This is this why you moved to the airport, so the planes can like sort of mask your, your sound? Sound that was know. actually a very good burn. I'm not even gonna lie. That was actually. <laughs> is it though? Like I, even I didn't laugh. I think it's because I, I think it's because Nathan just didn't want to react to it. But that was actually pretty good. I have to say that was pretty good. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, what a way to start the podcast day. Eh? Nothing like having Ty back and giving us all Team abuse. Roast. Um, where do we want to start today? Um, obviously the big thing this week, um, in the terms of Premier League anyway, is Rafa Benitez. Um, sacked uh, after the loss to Norwich on Saturday. Um, what are our thoughts? Right decision, wrong decision? Do you need more time? Agent Rafa. Let's all be honest. Rafa Benitez was going to be either a really good signing or it was going to go really, really bad. And it seemed like it went the opposite way. I think Rafa Benitez for me, I'm ver- I'm, I was very... I mean, yes, they got experience, but I'm not really sure where they were going with Rafa. The team they had they had, I guess, got was not going to play a Rafa Benitez-style football, which is, I guess, quite predictable football. They have a lot of good attacking players in there, and they just seem to have lost their identity. I was talking to actually one of um, uh, our, our managers at work, who is an Everton fan, and he mentioned that they're very defensive. They're a very defensive team, but they've lost that identity over the last couple of years since they lost Martinez. And since then, they've been leaking in goals. But because of that as well, it means that there's so much pressure up front that when they don't deliver, there's nothing they can fall back to as they used to with Martinez and with Moyes. So right decision? I think so. Where from here? We'll find out. I think Everton at the moment, it's it's really easy to say a club is mismanaged or um, because it's hard to get it right, I think. Oh, yeah. I, I look at you know I watch basketball and you look at I look at NFL. There's so many franchises that are so poorly managed, and I think mm. we have this illusion that in in the UK because clubs are an institution because they've been yeah. here you know more than a hundred years that naturally they are they should be well run. But actually, I think a lot of these clubs are actually poorly managed, poorly run. 
And yeah. Everton had changed course um so so often. Like I think about when they signed when they signed uh, what the whole Marco Silva and and everything there. They they that was a fiasco. Yeah. And then finally when they move past it you think Ancelotti's gonna bring some Class, yeah, br- not even class, just like some direction, mm. some identity to the club, and he left for a bigger gig. Like, yeah, th- there wasn't big enough. Pool. They they tried to hit the stars, mm-hmm. and and they just sort of fall short. And look what he's doing now at Real Madrid. Uh, yeah, I think it's difficult though because Ancelotti probably wouldn't have gone without Real Madrid calling. No, and you're right. That's, that that's too big of a job to turn down. And I think it kind of left Everton in a position of panic. Where y- you're you're right. You're absolutely right. But also then you can't income Rafa. Which, on its own, is probably an on ominous. It wasn't. Yeah, it's questionable. Yeah, yeah. the fans are never going to take Tarafa as they it's would like to any other manager. One of those no. things where you know, um, I don't know if you guys know, but uh, old Navy tr- seafaring tradition is that on a, when they com- commission a new boat, you yeah. knock like a glass bottle on it and hope it breaks. That signals good luck. It it it's like one of those things where Rafa's signing was like you know trying to break the glass bottle and try it 10 times and yeah. it still doesn't break and you know it's doomed and it's got it kind of felt like you know now that it's justified kind of justified that um the writing's on the wall yeah w- even before it started um you know rafa who is so passionate about liverpool fc yeah how can he play or manage the crosstown blood enemy oh yeah liverpool? they're and worst ones yeah and like professionally i don't know but you know it's hard to say professionally whether or not you belong to because at the end of the day it's a job right it's yep. it would be stupid to say someone's undying loyalty for a football club but how hard Mourinho? is he actually gonna work for 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 everton the fans is always going to have that doubt yeah that's why agent but uh, you know agent rafa that, that <laughs> mean that joke has never gone away yeah um apologies for the noise um there's a construction nearby um uh, <laughs> Also, I promise like a one week thing, n- but yeah. Yeah, Nathan, listen to these results. The last, I guess, two months of results. Listen to this. Last game, Norwich 2 1. They just ba- barely scraped through Hull City in the FA Cup, 1 3 2. Lost to Brighton, 3 2. Drew to Chelsea, their last good positive result. Crystal Palace lost 3 1. Won against Arsenal, 2 1. Lost to Liverpool, 4 1. Lost to Brentford, 1-0. Lost to City, 3-0. Drew with Tottenham. Lost to Wolves. Lost to Watford. Lost to West Ham. And and drew with Man United. And that's... I mean, if no one's going to get sacked after that run of games, playing managing Everton, I don't know how you see things. Yeah, it's... Yeah, I mean, it was coming, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, usually the most positive person when it comes issue, to sacking. I think the issue is is that from the start, Rafa had a tough task to win over fans. And I think as soon as the fans start turning bad and nothing's happening and they're fed up of results, they then turn to the board and it puts pressure on the board and the board yeah. then have to do something. Um, I saw after the game at Carrow Road, um, I live nearby and I saw Everton fans outside the stadium what uh 45 minutes after the game waiting for the players and rafa and shouting abuse and hurling abuse and i think that kind of the board don't want to see that they don't want their club to like come across that way and come toxic it needed a change but ultimately there's more issues at everton at the moment than just 
a manager. I mean, this is this what their sixth manager since they're then well they're now looking for their sixth manager since Roberto Martinez left and that was 2016 so Mm -hmm. what five six years now and they're looking for a sixth permanent manager and you you then have to question the strategy and you have to question the board and and what are they actually looking for in a manager what this what are they wanting to do this brings me on to my thoughts this is I think what I'm about to say is is another symptom of how the club's being run at the moment Hmm. they offered from what I've read today, I can't remember where I read it from, so apologies for maybe not reliable sources, but I read that they offered a Roberto Martinez, who is currently the Belgium national team <laughs> manager, who finished, what, three and fourth? Third and fourth? Oh, wait, where did Belgium finish? I'm the, in the, inc- I'm the inclu- number one in the world. Ex- excluding Euro- the Euros, in the last major cup competition, they finished third and fourth. Yeah. Um, they offered him like a FIFA My Career style contract where he can co-manage Everton and and Belgium at the same time. What? In a World Cup year. <laughs> and you have to think <laughs> the delusionality <laughs> of both... Delusionality? Y- yeah. Have you heard that word before? Made that word up. <laughs> the need for psychiatric help yeah. for the board, that <laughs> that is something respectable to offer a respectable manager. Mm-hmm. To and to think that they think that Belgium would be okay with it, yeah, in a World Cup year. So what I've seen today is that this shortlist uh, currently stands at four managers, which is Roberto Martinez, uh, Frank Lampard, uh, Rooney, and Nuno as well. Yeah, I forgot his name for a second. Um, obviously, they've appointed Duncan Ferguson as caretaker manager for now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. His staff will include. You know, I know one of them is Leighton Baines. Um, been at the club for a while, knows how to get success from the club. Mm. Um, from what I've just seen from uh, a tweet from Fabrizio saying there's no way for Roberto Martinez um, and talks will continue with the other three candidates or other candidates to find a permanent replacement. Um, seemingly ruling out Roberto because Belgium FA don't want to lose him before the World Cup. Yeah, Rightly so. And well, also, yeah, it's preparation. Also, why you would you? Why would you now? leave? Also, I think with your best players, like for example, if I was Martinez, yeah. you have De Bruyne potentially winning the World Cup. Yeah. Or because we're talking yeah, about the World Cup Anthony as well. Gordon at Ever- Everton, mate. Anthony Gordon. Oh, very Next tempting. Next big thing. Very tempting. Richarlison. Kevin De Bruyne, Anthony Gordon. I'm, you know, I know yeah. where I'm going. I, I, I just think <laughs> also like you, <laughs> legacy-wise for Roberto Martinez, mm. going to Everton now would not be a good move. No. No. You know, you abandon the whole country. Anyway, yeah. Um, what about, e- the, what e- about e- the other three, though? Uh, um, in my head, I think Frank Lampard makes the most sense. Interesting. I actually talked to an Everton fan, the yeah. one I mentioned before, and he said that um, he wouldn't mind Nuno because he's defensive. So if they go for Frank Lampard... They're definitely saying, "Look, we're going to try something completely different, which is a new, a, f- a new manager." No, ex- not not. I mean, Lampard is not new anymore, yeah. but you can still see he's quite a young manager. Yeah. All these other candidates are still quite experienced, except for him and Rooney. So, if they go for Frank Lampard, does that not put them in the same position as they are now, or would they say, "You know what? Let's go back to the roots of Everton, which is youth team." focusing mainly on the fun side of Everton or do they say okay we're actually a team that wants to compete in Europe 
and go for someone who could fix some of the frailties they have defensively in a Nuno. I don't know if Nuno's, Nuno's a guy. His his stock at the moment is so low. But it was at a terrible team, at a very terribly run club. Well, look at Conte. Conte sort of turned it around. I think it's difficult. Good point. Good point. Because... I do feel like Everton have been a bit unlucky with the fact that they've had Richarlison out. You know, start of the season, he wasn't training because he was playing in the Olympics. Then he's been injured recently. Calvert-Lewin's been injured recently. And they're having to rely on, you know, Rondon to get them goals consistently. Or Yeah. And it, it, they have been unlucky, but ultimately they need to shore up their defence. And obviously Nuno out of them three managers probably makes more sense defensively with his previous record and his experience yeah. he'd probably make the most sense in shoring up a defense to then kind of prepare the team to but the question is go forward what is the upside right so you have the you have the floor where's the ceiling with Nuno it, I, I don't it, think the ceiling's very far from where they currently are but that's the thing is what do they want if Ever- Everton the board seems like they're trying to get into Europe they're trying to be one of the big boys they have failed at doing so so what do you do as the board? Do you try to steady the ship, get a bit of consistency back on, play some football that helps just the team stabilize with what they have? Or do you say, you know what, let's just let's bring back the fun factor into Everton. Let's um, appoint Lampard. Because a loss with the Lampard team won't be the same. The people won't be throwing rocks and stuff as they did against Everton compared to if, let's say, Rooney was in there and they weren't playing well. I think fans will be more forgiving. They'll be like, oh, you know what? It's it's fine. We know the expectations because the Everton fan was saying their expectations for the fans are too high. By appointing a manager without so many expectations, maybe the fans won't be as disappointed. Maybe they won't be as thinking we should be in the top six and thinking, hey, you know what? We beat Crystal Palace or we drew at Crystal Palace. That's a good result. I think Rooney would be the most unlikely. Um, I personally wouldn't if I was Rooney, but you know, I I, I don't think like Rooney. I bet I don't think any many people do. Um, I saw a quote today just saying on Rooney that um, he's really happy with Derby at the moment and where they're going, but mm. he'd find it hard to turn down an Everton offer. It's his boyhood club because of the sentimental side of it. So, but does he not risk? And obviously, Rooney, Rooney is maybe partly like on a yeah, Rooney is partly Rampard, on a sinking yeah. ship at the moment as well. Where if Derby, you know, get more points deducted and do you get relegated, that's then a relegation on his managerial CV. Like as well as but he's doing you at Derby, at it, I mean, but he's doing really well at Derby. He's, he's doing really Unbeaten well in the, the last situation five they're games. in. Yeah. And in the last five games of four the championship, four and five, yeah, four and five. Sorry, yeah. And if you look at that, you think to yourself, so he is good. I guess he's got some merit to him. The reason why I'd be afraid to to do it is. If he looks at what happened with Lampard is, does he want to do that now to his boyhood club? Would that be the the first gig in like the Premier League he wants to go for? Or would he want to at least try elsewhere? Does he, does, he, does he compromise some of that? I think thinking level-headedly, which again, is not a strong Rooney trait. Yeah. <laughs> I've watched the man since he's, he joined Man United. Like, he's one of my favorite <laughs> ever players, but he... Up to let's say twenty twelve is yeah. fairly hot headed. Yeah. Um. I don't think it's a right move for him because because in Derby it's a win win situation for him. Yeah. Staying in Derby, like relegated, the f- the fans have nothing to say about se- nothing bad to say about him because of the situation they found themselves in. Yeah. If they stay on, 
he would be a complete legend in the entire Derbyshire. Yeah. In Derbyshire, he he would be. Um, he would be celebrated as a hero. They have to put a statue of him outside the wall. That would be like winning the Premier League. Yeah. Because okay, maybe not a Premier League, but like going into playoffs yeah. for Derby. Yeah. Because they were minus 21. They, they had 21 points taken off them. Yeah. Plus, that was just, ha- they had more points taken at the beginning of the season. I think they had a multiple points taken off. Yeah, at so the in total, it was well. 21. In total, it was 21. In total, yeah. it was 21. It could be more yet. Um, so. And there could be more yet. But, you know, and, and you look at their record. They are the only team in the bottom fo- 14 in the championship with a positive goal difference. Yeah. So he knows what he's doing. And I think that if he managed by some account, if they don't get any more points deduction, it is really not that it's not with not outside of the realm of possibility to crawl out of out of relegation. Yeah. But I do agree that I think Lampard would probably be make make the most sense that he is a candidate that I can see the board looking at going, you know what? Let's go for it. Because I think, like, Everton at this point, like, if they just try, if they go even more conservative mm. with Nuno, yes, he is a known quantity. Yeah. But I don't think that's going to improve. Like, when you when you try something, I, I suppose, are we in agreement that Nuno is going to be a more extreme version of Benitez? I don't know. I, I think Nuno... You know, for all the flag we're given at at at, um, at uh, Tottenham. of Tottenham, right? That was a small stint, but again, fan expectations. Depending on the expectations of what the board is, <coughs> whoever they might bring in has to be able to, I guess, meet those fan expectations. We're not talking about the big boys anymore, right? Look, look at the managers when you, na- you mentioned before Tim, Ancelotti, Rafa Benitez, um, uh, who was uh, Ronald Koeman was a manager at oh yeah, one he, point. Yeah, Look him. at all those names. Those Absolute are rubbish. big names. Big, big names. And they're trying to get back who? Martinez, who's a who's a Belgian manager, who I don't think is actually that good, but, you know, that that's my point. But you look at those names, and now we're talking about who? Wayne Rooney, Frank Lampard, and Nuno. This is the sign of a, of a club that is definitely thinking we have to steer the ship somewhere else because what we've tried is aim for the big for the big for the big leagues, and it's not working. I think it's time for Big Sam to come back. If if they're in a relegation battle, maybe, but I think they're fine. Given that, I think the teams below them have more frailties. But if Newcastle pick up the bounce, who knows? Everton could be Steve Bruce. <laughs> could be in the championship. I mean, there's a. Oh, I don't know about that. Burnley still have what you know three four games in hand down the yeah. bottom. Yeah. yeah, you've got you know the the teams down they're all playing each other at the moment. You know, yeah, Norwich Everton. I think Norwich play Watford at the weekend. You can see Richarlison in the championship. It's gonna be it's interesting. I think with Nuno, you have to take it with a pinch of salt because he was at a Tottenham side whose morale were low. Harry came wanted to leave. The squad wasn't gelling. He couldn't get yeah. the squad to play the way he wanted. But then you you kind of take that three four month spell out and you look at what he did at Wolves and how he got the players playing and yeah one guy we did absolutely mention, amazing uh, uh, is Graham Potter no no I'm not I'm He's not having never this. every time leave. every time He's a Premier League club sack someone the first name on that list or so people mention is Graham, Graham Potter, Potter yeah um, but he's so? he's too happy. He's too only happy. other manager who I could have seen go if they had sacked him in the past could have been Arteta is they would have gone for someone like him in this moment in time. But because he's already stated, he's, obviously he's done 
quite well at Arsenal. Okay, so unless you talk about Harry Potter, in which case I'm completely wrong. Sky Skybed has Duncan Ferguson on top. Yeah, yeah. If, if, get, if he does well as interim, if they he gets may a keep good string going, might, yeah. then you might as well. He's probably cheap. Um, Rooney at uh, two to one. Yeah. Uh, Frank Lampard nine to two. Mm-hmm. Uh, Roberto Martinez ten to one. Wow. Graham Potter sixteen to one. I think Graham Potter's name is just put in there for. for I the, think for, for, for just for yeah, just just for the fun of it, because I think he's made it very clear that he likes what he's building at Brighton. Here's yes, a fun. He here's a fun it. one. Uh, uh, Gennaro Gattuso at uh, 25 to 1. <laughs> Not happening. Uh, no. You have uh, Chris Wilder, 33 to 1. Wow. Um, oh, he's, he's not working, is he? No, but he needs a championship team to bounce back, I feel Why like. is Jose Mourinho in this? Is he not happy in Roma? No, he said he's going to stay in Roma for a yeah. long time. I don't think he's going to go anyway. He's he 9 to 1, so he's got a lesser odds than Roberto Martinez. I mean, it is, an, it is Everton, isn't it? So, it's, yeah... But why would he leave like halfway through in the season for Slavin Bil- Bilic, twenty yeah. to one? Uh, Maybe all very interesting. I I do think the yeah, I think they'll, <laughs> they'll probably keep Duncan for the whole yeah, season. I'm going to stop with this because this is not a betting show. But yeah. Oli Gunnar Solskjaer, thirty-three <laughs> to one. Oli's at the wheel. Oli's at the wheel. Let's <laughs> go. Oli's at the wheel. What if he takes Let's it to go. like something kind of like? Hey, look, I have no. I have no. Um, what's the word? I have no qualms against supporting Everton. Yeah. Because we both hate Liverpool. <laughs> Hate is a strong word. Well, speaking so of hate, hate, I just want to talk about something that's been happening right now, which is there's a lot of hate going to uh, my team, which is Chelsea, um, for the mismanagement that they've had in, uh, I guess, Lukaku, and whether COVID has affected player performance over the last couple of weeks and whether that's something that maybe has affected Everton as well. Do you think Everton fans should also look at that and say, we've been affected by COVID, or do you think they cannot? I said to you about the injuries, like Calvert-Lewin and Richarlison have been out, and they're easily two of the best players. You know, you've got... But is that a good enough excuse, given how big the club is? Like, when people talk about Chelsea, I'm like, well, I know that the hate is there, but this is a big. these are big boys, right? They should be taken up the chin. You have players on the bench who are 10 times better than what Norwich would have on the bench. So is that good enough for the Everton player fans to just be putting it all on the manager? Or should we look at the players and go, what are you doing? I think it's difficult because players with COVID and just with injuries aren't training consistently. And there's a lot of games, especially over the, the seasonal period, there's a lot of games that come in thick and fast. And a lot of clubs have had to just bear the brunt and play the same players over and over again, whereas usually you would rotate teams a little bit. And, I mean, you've also got clubs that are just playing youth. I mean, I saw Leeds bench from the weekend and there was eight. How many subs do you have? You have nine now. There's seven. But seven. Is, seven. Yeah. yeah they had but isn't six, every team facing that, though, Nathan? Six but teenagers in Rodrigo. But even, isn't every team facing that, Nathan? Isn't every team every, facing every t- that? Every team is. But the, the teams who deserve the most praise right now are the ones that are playing games and not postponing. The ones yep. who are putting youth in their team as I said, like Leeds, who played six what, teenagers on the bench with Rodrigo. Did you say Leeds? Leeds. With the greatest manager of... <laughs> Not Bielsa, just Leeds as a whole. Well, uh, here's the thing, right? Clubs, uh, you know, some clubs, the bottom clubs, you know, that's a different story. But like some of these top clubs, they spent the the GDP of a small country yeah. on their youth setup. Yeah. And the purpose is to develop, you know, youth. And the best players, yeah. yeah. And And come the opportunity to not to play them, mm-hmm. they start whining and and I'm I'm on the I'm on the Gary Neville train here. 
that if you've got a sizable youth setup with yeah. enough under play 23, play them. Yeah. I, d- I don't think even if you've got a sizable, I think if you've got under 23 teams yeah. and you've got academies, play the boys. You yeah. Know, get, get the kids out there, yeah. get them experience, get the minutes. You know, a lot, especially a lot of big clubs, they send players on loan all the time and, you know, I, Record I, them. Saw, I saw a lot of a lot, I saw a lot of pundits say, you know, this isn't an Arsenal thing, but you know they're the most recent ones. And I look at it and I go, no, this is an Arsenal thing hmm. because they played Liverpool yep. in the cup, postponed the game at Tottenham. Yep. They send what, uh, Pablo Maria on loan. They cancel the contract of Kalasinac. Yeah, and they go, we don't have enough players with COVID yeah, injury. And I'm sat there yeah. thinking, what you do because you've got the academy. Yeah. Arsenal has such a good academy. Yep. And I'm looking there, you know, you've got One of the you've best got young world. talents like Charlie Patino who is rooted to go all the way in the games at yeah. the moment. Yeah. Play him. Give him minutes in the Premier League. Give him minutes yeah. in the Cup against Liverpool. Yeah. Yeah. See what these players can do and give them meaningful experience because uh, otherwise I you send him on loan to a League 2 team and no offence but it's not that same level you don't develop the I same saw, way I exactly. saw um, a stat the other day of all the COVID tests that were ran in the Premier League this week only five returned as positives yeah. and, the cl- and they're still using this as an excuse to ask for postponement yeah. and I, I, and I'll, I'll admit I was one of them I sat there when, it, when as a Chelsea fan when I think it was the Brighton game when we had 15 players and our request to uh, to cancel the game was turned down and I sat there and I was like you know what this this is terrible like w- this is an agenda yeah. against Chelsea and I look back and go no because we've, we've got kids we, yeah. we've got the academies we to play the, probably th- I would say and we have 15 players one of the best academies it. in the world yeah you could put us in the top 5 as one of the best academies in the world and, what, and you're um, telling me what now we should cancel games against who if this was like Champions League game right final in May I can see it you want the best teams in the best form playing the best in the best way possible this is a Premier League match against Brighton, who are probably facing the same issues we are. What are your excuses? You cannot say, oh, I'm sorry, how can I field? I'm like, you've got Kovacic, Jorginho, Kante, Saul in your midfield. You've got four world-class players who would walk into any other of those, of those Brighton teams. And you have also an incredible bench. So for any Everton fan or for any team that keeps coming up with these excuses of, oh, we can't play well, we can't do this. I think that's the mentality maybe the, the players are having, which could affect how managers lead teams, such as an Everton team, where if you keep saying to yourself, yeah, I think it's because of COVID, we're playing terribly, how are you going to play better? Here's a thing as well. Uh, in my in my mind, there shouldn't be... Th- another reason why I think there shouldn't be any excuses is... The M- how the MBG- MBG- <laughs> NBA has navigated through the same period. Uh, English is not my first language, guys. This is rude. Um, the NBA, yeah. you know, going through the same, you know, Omicron wave over that New Year Christmas period, mm. instead of cancelling postponing game, th- yeah. they've done one or two. Yeah. But then since they're adapted, what they've done is they allow clubs to sign... Um, Players under ten-day contracts yeah. for emer- like what they call emergency ha- hardship exce- ex- exception. Yeah. So they're allowing teams to continue p- to play these games if they don't have enough players. So their position is, oh, you don't have enough players, deal with it. Yeah. I, I know it's slightly different. In the, in, in the NBA, each team only have fifteen players, mm. but they can sign their G League, so like their, their second league players. Mm. They can. Uh, they can call those players up. So yeah. it's kind of like the youth team setup. Yeah. Kind of like the reserve setup. So, and again, I understand like the NBA has 82 games in the grand scheme of things, a lot less financial impact compared to a Premier League game. But like, yeah. it can be done. Yeah. Clubs need to stop hiding behind COVID. Yeah. 
Yeah, and using that as an excuse. As an excuse. And that's, that's why I, I think of like, can we still keep putting, because I think it, before it used to be managers used to be the ones who run the ship. Do we now think of players now and go, are the players actually, because if Tottenham are doing well now, was it really the manager or was it really the players? Was it really I mean, Everton, ultimately, it's, it the, really it's the manager because uh, it gets but to a point where the players definitely yeah, yeah, but it gets <laughs> yeah. to a point where the players stop playing for a manager when they don't believe in, yeah. their, in, the, in their system and they don't believe they're going to get but, anywhere. But is that stop. because the players are know that they can do that, or is it because the players are actually playing their best? Like sometimes you can see teams. I see teams sometimes when you when you play them, right? Anytime you see a Brighton game, you see that they're playing they're playing the way they're supposed to play, or even Leeds. This is why I always say Leeds at least play the way they want to play. Here we go. They concede the oh yes, they lose. Hey, look, I'm, uh, this is this is the point I'm making. They concede I the goals. I'm talking to two Chelsea fans. But when they lose, at least with that, you can say when Le- Leeds lose, you can say who's who's to blame, Bielsa. You can look and say that's Bielsa. When Man United were playing against Solskjaer, can you really say it was Solskjaer's fault all the way through? Or can I, you look at the I, players? I was going to say this. I'm going to. I'll try my best not to talk about Man United. Because that's the only we thing we talk about, about Chelsea. So go ahead. <laughs> I think you look at Man United now and Man United before Oli was was fired. I think even though we were horrible, we were crap. Yeah. The players still played with the passion. I think. Yeah. I think they really didn't want Solskjaer to go. Yeah. Now, the games I've watched, Man United were directionless. They don't know what they're doing. They are completely lost on the pitch. Yeah. You b- they bring the ball forward up past the, the halfway line, and then they lose the ball. They don't know what they're doing. And yeah. so, yes, I think I suppose in that point, you're right. You can tell that they were playing for a manager. They were just crap. Yeah. And that's yeah. what I mean by with Everton. Can we solely blame Benitez? Oh, wow. I haven't seen as many of the Everton games. But when I saw them against us, when they actually drew, I couldn't see. I didn't see a team because they played mainly youth players that game. And I saw a team that was actually just playing the football they were told to go yeah. out and play. So I wonder, is it just a fault of players now? Can we just look at players and say players are the ones to blame? It or can we also look at the managers and say... It is a very interesting point. How it's a mixture. There's, no, there's very little accountability held towards a player yeah. as opposed to maximum accountability held towards a manager. Yeah. I mean, they are getting well paid to be fired, but yeah. um, that is one consolation to take away. But the number one um, accountability for a team losing is a game that was in the African Cup of Nations... For a goalkeeper who I feel will be memed for life. Nathan, would you like to explain to the audience just um, exactly the incident that happened in a very small game that happened uh, two days ago? Are you talking about the goalkeeper who made the save, landed on his face and (laughs) spilt the ball and... (laughs) <laughs> the thing is, that's not even the, the funniest thing about that goal. It's, it's the fact that the player then cuts it back to his teammate and the teammate yeah. falls over first <laughs> and then has to get back up and touch it in. It's, it's, oh, we love it. Ty, come on, take it away. Give us some of your AFCON thoughts. I think the African Cup of Nations is one of the funniest tournaments of all time. Everything that is happening in that entire tournament just tells you why we need international football of that competitive level in individual countries such as, or continents, should I say, sorry. Um, And there's been a lot of surprises in the AFCON. Teams that are meant to be doing well, teams like Ghana, um, teams that, like Egypt, struggling to be doing well. Even teams like Senegal, who should be, I guess, front runners to win it, are looking suspect. They They barely won against us. 
I wasn't here last week to talk about the rubbish penalty decision against my team where where was a guy supposed to put his hand when he was jumping in there? I mean, you say Anywhere rubbish. Anywhere but where. Yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah. You, you say rubbish, but me and Tim agreed that it was a penalty. Look, I'm just saying, right, we should change that rule, okay? What do you mean? The hand was in an unnatural position. I don't know what you're talking about. That was my team, okay? When it comes to my country... I would defend any decision. He could have kicked him there, and I would have been like, he shouldn't have been a penalty. I'm just kidding. But I think the African Cup of Nations is actually exciting because you never know who's going to win it. That one year when Zambia won it. Because Wow, it was crazy. This year, okay, some of the refereeing decisions is very shocking. That game where the game ended at the 85th minute. And then it ended again in the 89th. <laughs> and then, then someone again. got sent off in between. Yeah. And then they were in the locker rooms wondering, is the game going to continue? And then they were in ice bath. And <laughs> yeah. then the official came back and said, oh, no, you're going to have to restart the game. <laughs> that's, a, that's why I love the AFCON, man. Every time. I don't know if any of you have ever it's seen like it. It's like a kind of surprise. You never know what's inside. But you need to definitely watch it. Try to, in any way, try to see the games. But it's also very exciting. I mean, my team today, we slapped, absolutely slapped Guinea. And, and you know and, and taught Take them how to there. play, yeah. but we should have done better. You conceded a rocket though. If you haven't seen it yet, Nabi Cage's goal, thunderbolt. <sighs> you know, um, Nabi lad. When it, when it comes to losing, um, you know, um, but who won that game, uh, Nathan? Zimbabwe. Uh, and you know, I remember having conversations with you yesterday, going, "We're not going to win the game, but we're going to win the game, but we're not going to win the game." And I was, I was like, being realistic. I was being I realistic. Okay. I think you win the so game. So you've been telling me about how 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 they slapped them since lunchtime, and it's only a two-one win. Like yeah. You make it sound like they've, they've routed this them This is like Zimbabwe. When is your team? Our that best, is slapping. Our <laughs> best striker, he plays in the Russian league. And like a, the team that's like in sixth place. That's our best, one of our best players in that entire squad. Marvelous Most of them, Marvelous is even in the squad, I don't think. I think he's injured or something. Oh. But um, yeah, I think if Marvelous in that team, we would have had a better defensive solidity. But I think when you look at the AFCON as a whole, it's very wide open. Anyone can still win it. I still think Cameroon look like the more convincing, like actual front candidates to actually win the thing because they actually have like, I think it's still a a good record um, in terms of the teams and the opposition they faced. I think potentially I can see Nigeria getting a cheeky so win, but who knows? How does it feel to finish behind Malawi? It feels disgusting because we were the better team last week when we played them. We were 100% a better team, but our defense was more open than the Mal we work in. It was just ridiculous. You, you, basically, you're on equals with a country I've never heard of. Comoros? Comoros? Comoros. Never but, heard of this country Okay, before. but that group is a silly group. Listen, to that, look go. at that group. Look at that group. Look at the teams in there. Very equal. We get Guinea, who is actually a pretty good team. And we still beat them. I'll take that to the grave. You know what? I'm happy. I know in my heart, my team is in the last 16. The only thing that we lost to that didn't make us go further was a weird penalty, which I'll fight to this day. What was he going to do with his hand? He's jumping in the air. He was supposed yeah, to so like when I jump in the air, as a footballer, you should know that your hand should be... Should be no, he high. jumped with his feet in the air, mm. going backwards. Uh, uh, nah. I don't know about you, but if nah. I'm falling, my arms are going to come towards me so I can land and no, put my hand on the side. Not when you're diving for a ball in the penalty area. I just think it was also, I have to say, right, 
Sky Sports have completely botched the way in which they're presenting the the, the, the African Cup. Oh, Sky Sports botched everything because so. the way they're 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 presenting some of this stuff is they only post videos of when there's like some kind of um One I'd, yeah, I'd some kind of un, like some kind yeah. of controversy or whatever, but they never show you like some of the good goals. And these games I are banned bias. in international markets. So if a Zimbabwe goal goes in, if you're in another country outside the UK. You can't see it because it's blocked. It's unconscious bias, man. Yeah, what, no, what's just, the point I, I in that? that on social media. The African Cup of Nations, and if you're in Africa, you can't even see it. Explain that to me. That's like watching the. That's like the Euros is on, but you can't watch the Euros highlights because you're not in. I don't know. Well, it's like kind of like you can't watch the three o'clock, three three o'clock kickoffs. Yeah. Um, one note though. Uh, I've just scrolled through, scrolling through the instas. Um, Salima. Mukansanga, yeah, uh, it's the first woman to referee an Afcon game. Look at that progress! Absolutely um, love seeing it. She was the fourth official during the Guinea Malawi, Malawi game. game, yeah. And today, she was um, the first female to be the lead referee in the Zimbabwe Guinea game. And uh, that's why you can see that. Um, so every time we need her to referee all our games. Because it seems that um, she's uh, given us our best performances and she's been very fair and didn't give out rubbish penalties. Just going to put that out there. Okay. Actually, looking at the point you made just a minute ago, I, I'd liked it, I liked the tweet if you, three days ago. It was someone saying, Sky Sports, they put a clip on Twitter uh, about Benjamin Tetter, who was shown a red card, and they've labelled it as, was shown a red card for violent conduct after the full-time whistle of Gavin versus Garner. And I've just seen a reply that says, about four games were played in the AFCON today. You never tweeted about the mm. games, not even the scores. But yeah. since this is a negative incident, you quickly came to post. Yeah. You can clearly see the agenda here. Very poor from you guys. The same thing with the agenda with the FIFA best. How can Benjamin... Yeah, let's, move, let, let, let's, move, let's move on to that. Cause, yeah. Because this was kind see, of one of the my, final... My, my transition was going to be like, when we talked about the manager stuff, I was like, speaking of team selection... <laughs> I mean, yeah. Let's, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about the FIFA best awards and I've got a couple of individual shout-outs yeah, before we then. do predictions. Yeah. Um, Obviously, there are a part of the FIFA Pro Awards. There is a team of the year decided by 100% the fans, mm-hmm. all fan votes. Um, what happens in that team of the year is you get the three best defenders, three best midfielders, and three best attackers, and then the player with the most overall votes after those top three categories then goes into the team. Uh, and you've also got your individual awards, which are voted by 50% by national team captains and coaches, and then 25% by journalists, 25% by fans. So you had some individual awards last night. Um, the main ones I remember, and forgive me because there was a few, um, Thomas Tuchel was Men's Manager of the Year. Mm-hmm. Uh, Emma Hayes was Women's Manager of the Year. Yep. Um, Edward Mendy finally getting some recognition he deserves, uh, Goalkeeper of the Year. Um, Lewandowski was Forward of the Year. Um I can't really remember many more than that. Uh, yeah, that's that's that. That's all I can remember. But there are loads of awards, very similar to the Ballon d'Or ceremony, but decided by well, a different fast. set of people. Um, so obviously we had, the, we had all of those awards come in, and then we had the team of the tournament decided by, as I said, 100% the fans. Um, so there, there's always going to be questionable decisions when you've got fans making decisions. Uh, the first questionable choice was the goalkeeper. So, obviously, they named Edward Mendy as goalkeeper of the year earlier on in the night. That, again, yeah. by fans, uh, national team coaches and captains, and yeah. by journalists. However, the fans, when it's 100% of the fans, they voted for Donnarumma in goal. It's a questionable choice because Donnarumma currently 
is a rotation keeper at PSG with yeah. Navas. Doesn't start every game and obviously yeah. only won the Euros, whereas yeah. Mendy this year has come into a Chelsea side, kept having many clean sheets, won the Champions League, yeah. won the Super Cup, made it to a, you know, a, I mean, this is start of the new year, but Carabao Cup final as well in yeah. the Cup run. Um, is there a bit of an injustice there? Injustice? Well, I suppose because it's selected by different people. Let's all be honest. Let's all be honest here. This is absurd. I have never in my life seen... It's like saying, oh, the Ballon d'Or goes to Ronaldo, but then he gets taken out of the I World think, Eleven. I think the Mendy w- suffers what? from a branding issue, along with other issues when it comes to public opinion. The we all know what we're talking about here. Yeah. We know um, the branding issue. But the branding issue is nothing Dor- he can change. Dora rumor is such. A, no, 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 not that. That that you're right. There's yeah. that at play here as well. Unconscious bias. Yeah. But also, like Dora rumor is such a bigger name, household name. It's because most of the people who vote uh, are in places where, when they see the play, when they see the games, they see oh, um, like for example with the Afcon, right? Yeah. How many people are really watching the Afcon? No, but Don, more than Don, before. Donnarumma is. But a, how many people watch the Euros? Don Donnarumma is a much more outspoken player than than Mendy. I would I would disagree. So he has a higher profile, like in, or international profile. profile. Oh yeah. yeah. So when or it comes international recognition, or even like yeah. when because they won the Euros, right? People think, oh, to win the Euros, you must be the best goalkeeper in the world. Sure. So yeah. if I'm in, I don't know, if I'm in like France or something, or yeah. let's say even, I don't know, the Netherlands. I'm probably going to look at Donnarumma and go, oh, he seems like he's the best goalkeeper. Yep. But then you see someone like Mendy, like Mendy, okay, he won the Champions League with Chelsea, so Chelsea must have won the Champions League. It won't be individually that goalkeeper must have helped them win the Champions League. It's just that team must have deserved it. And in doing so, it completely ruins what should be an obvious choice. And also, let's talk about also that formation. Three, three, four. Well, we'll, we'll get to that in a yeah, second. Yeah, we'll get to that because obviously yeah. that that comes from. We'll, we'll the, dig that deep into that. Let's look at what Mendy did, right? I think it's completely difficult to not talk about this I without Mendy including is, his, like, me, well, as you mentioned, right? His brand. Yeah. It's hard to be an African goalkeeper. O- already, yes. it's very difficult to be an internationally recognized African goalkeeper. Yeah, you're right. The best African, go- or in t- this case, black goalkeeper, anyone can think of in the top of their heads was one of the best was Tim Howard. That's what that's the first people that everyone can think of because of what he did for Everton, especially if you're a Premier League watching and USA fan. That game and where he like the 22 saves or something like that. Yeah, yeah. 22 against saves. Belgium. Yeah, against yeah. Belgium. So yeah. that's the first one they can think of. Yeah. If you ask anyone to name any other African recognized goalkeeper, people would struggle. Not to say it's impossible, but people would struggle to just name one. Yeah. But if I asked you to name me an, I don't know, a European one, people probably think of. But Onana is one. Onana is, Onana, is an African, yeah. go- uh, African goalkeeper. Dida was Brazilian, wasn't he? But did he come? Was he fully Brazilian? I don't know if he came. I think from he's, he's, he's kind of like Diego Costa, where he could have. Wow. He could Dida, play that anywhere. A, that's a throwback. Uh, there's one another one. He used to. I can't think of any current one. Yeah, but yeah. That, that's the difficulty. Is I he's, am the casual. He's at that place where. People know PSG. They're an international team. Their third choice goalkeeper uh, is probably more popular than that's Mendy. That's the thing with fan votes, is that it's a lot of casuals. And it is just yeah, it's it's opinions, and it ca- especially yeah. when you get to like things like uh, FIFA, and people go, oh well, who's going to be the best card on FIFA? Let's vote for them. And you know, yeah, th- yeah, that kind of thing. Or like if you're casual, you look at you know kids, they will vote according to FIFA rank rating. Yeah, 
Yeah. Or they'll sure. just see, they'll just see what else everyone else is looking at, right? Yeah. Like when you go to your fees, we mentioned about what Sky Sports did with yeah. botching the Afcon. Yeah. That's the image that people see of these competitions. That's what they'll see on their feed. They won't see the saves. They won't see the best. No, I mean, you know, Sky Sports put like a look at this save by this goalkeeper. No. Even me, the thing I mentioned most was that funny goalkeeper who dropped that thing over there because that's what people can actually see. That's the memes they will see. They won't see Mendy making multiple saves over and yeah. over again. And because of it, it ruins it. What m makes me confused is why would they make him the best goalkeeper and then for the team of the year, choose someone else? At what point did they decide this is the most logical explanation. But, but then I guess that's where the difference in voting styles come in because journalists and national teams um, will look more at players for individuality and how well they've individually done, whereas fans will just go, I this like is who I see. This is who I see. Donnarumma, so I'm going to vote for him. Yeah. Even yeah. though he's was injured most of last season and was benched. Uh, let me tell you something. Like Again, I'm going to use a basketball reference here. Yeah. Uh, Clay Thompson, one of the best three-point shooters for the best uh, NBA one of the best NBA teams, uh, has been injured for the last two and a half years. Yeah. He broke his knee. No, he ruptured. Anyway, Achilles and then, a, uh, and then an ACL. Knee. Yeah, it was yeah. an ACL. Yeah. Okay. And then, um, and then he, he, he's played three games since this yeah. season. He's come back. Played this in the second round of All-Star voting. He's like third for guards in the West. He hasn't played in two and a half years. I'm yeah. not saying I don't like him. He's one of my favorite players. Yeah. But he shouldn't be an All-Star. Yeah. And the same way, because fans don't vote because of yeah. of of um, objective results. They, yeah. they vote subjectively. They vote for their favorite player. Plus, also how they're presented. Like you mentioned with the with the ultimate team, Kobe like Bryant. How rest do you? In, rest in peace. Yeah. Um, again, one of my most respected players ever. He was absolutely dog shit in his. <laughs> Maybe I'll put a beep there. But he was pretty bad <laughs> in his last two seasons. This is tagged as a parentally guided <laughs> um, safe podcast, <laughs> yeah. so please do. There's yeah. no E on there. He, he, he is no Kevin Durando seasons. Yeah. But he got voted into the All-Star Games. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to move on to the defence because I don't want to spend ages and ages. Uh, Alaba, Bonucci and Diaz. That's your back three. Um, I think a lot of people may think that players like... Trent could be hard done by. Cancelo could be hard done by. How uh, can you put Bonucci and not put Cancelo? Bonucci is the one that I'm confused by. I think. I because think Bonucci's in there again because of the international. Because of Italy doing but one good club, thing. His club career. Yeah, he's, he's played eight good games for Italy. That's it. That's all it takes. And and I'm not saying it shouldn't weigh into it, but like Juventus has been pretty shocking the last two seasons. Yeah. This season and the last. That's yeah. it. You can't tell me. That there hasn't been a better defender oh, in world football. 100%. Tr Trent, Cancelo, uh, I know Virgil's out for a while, but obviously I I'd still consider Virgil better. I think if players like Reese James wouldn't have been injured for parts of the season... Rudiger. I think Rudiger our best goalkeeper is Rudiger. How could you... Goalkeeper? I don't think he's our <laughs> best goalkeeper. Oh, goalkeeper. <laughs> goalkeeper. Like, if you put like in that defence, I would put anyone in there who was in the winning teams of the leagues from the last year, any other Man City player there? Thiago Silva? Yeah. I, I, yeah, it's just, it's, Benucci confuses me. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's questionable. I think even Alaba does for me. Um, the midfield, and I, this is this is the only section of the team that I do think is majority right, uh, or, or pretty much right. I mean, they even got the balance uh, right. Kevin that. De Bruyne, yeah. Jorginho, Kante. I mean, look, imagine that in your team. That actually is... 
an amazing imagine midfield. That. Imagine if Chelsea didn't sell Kevin De Bruyne, and we had we we could have we could have had this midfield. Can you imagine? We could with, have had this midfield with Lukaku up front. Oh, and Salah on the wing. Don't say things like this. Don't say no. It's oh my gosh. Can you imagine? <laughs> Hazard on the left, Salah on the right. Oh Lukaku days. up front. That midfield. And our defense would be more open than the Red Sea. True. Um, and I think this is this is where the real questions lie. Obviously, you mentioned about the formation. So as yeah. I said, it's when they decide this team, they go for the best three defenders, the best three midfielders, and the best three attackers. And then it's the <laughs> next player with the highest overall votes going to the team, which is why the formation is 3-3-4, three, because three, obviously yeah. one of these attackers is then the best after them three. Um, but I think there's a lot of questionable choices in here. You've got Lewandowski, Messi, Ronaldo, and Haaland. Messi and Ronaldo shouldn't be in it. I can I see think, Messi the real being person... there. His season before last, before his last season at Barcelona. Okay, I can and see Argentina it. won something. I, think, I can see it. Yeah. I think Messi that should I be agree, there. but I can see it. Okay. I won't be as oh, frustrated. For once, for yeah. once, I can he, see he, it. The one I can't see is Ronaldo. I agree, and I think the the person who's the most hard done by by this is Salah. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. The disrespect. Yeah. The disrespect on Salah. Like even this year, if he doesn't win. The Ballon d'Or. If he keeps going at the rate he's going right now, I think we should. I, I don't. I don't. I don't think any credibility can ever go to any of these ever again. I mean, this is by the fans, so I can see why this is just Holland. Yeah, it's a fan competition. What yeah. did Holland win last year? Again, I think maybe Benzema over Holland over the last season. Yeah. Uh. I think Benzema is hard to sell now, given his actions. I can yeah. see why he's more of like a media storm than anything else. But when you look at just there are so many options you could put in there. There's just so many other options. Like, you know, we 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 give flack to um, uh, to to some of the players, such as who should be performing better, um, like Harry Kane. But even a Harry Kane in there, I would have put for because Harry Kane over Ronaldo for his for the last season. I would. He played better I, I than think, Ronaldo. I think Ronaldo has had a. He very got to the Euro finals. Where was Ronaldo in the finals? I suppose Ronaldo has had. He is like you know a trillion years old in football years, but um, <laughs> he ha- he has had a very average season with Juventus, very average tournament with Portugal. Yeah, and I'd say subpar season with Man United. Well, Man United has been subpar anyway. Subpar. I think I th- I th- I That's think a very good soft landing there. I think sub-par. looking at Ronaldo is difficult because. He hasn't played in a team that's done exceptionally well. If if you take out the last maybe month, month and a half, when you we've kind of questioned him a little bit at United, he's produced individual moments, but nothing like that stands out as a team. Like he, he gets him, important goals, but yeah. nothing that makes him yeah. stand out because they're not the grabbing team. headlines. Yeah. Like these important goals are, you know, to scrape wins against Atlanta, um, to get late draws, and maybe that's the part. Ronaldo is a good player, but what what has he done? It, as a, like as a, as a group to of players deserve the, team. the best yeah, yeah, yeah. to what say he, he when is you look one at Benzema, of the best players look at Benzema you look at Salah and what they've done for their teams they've are easily or even that I would have put Lukaku in there given what he did oh, with I don't Inter know, don't know about that no because of what he did with Inter I don't, no, I don't, I'm just looking no, at the last no, season no, and no, everything the no, players no, did last no, season no, no. with the team I mean did you see how many goals he had 30 with um yeah but you you got to think like the year would start from January so like it's January, it January? to May against oh, the rest okay. of the year oh okay if it's January against May then obviously yeah, yeah. January to May and but I can see I understand Lewandowski being there oh yeah that man has been robbed of a Ballon d'Or yep even though he got the best striker or whatever trash they were trying to give it to him but they're definitely better players who should be in the, in in that list I think 
the fact that there's only one Man City player is it one Man City player in there in that in, in that in there is ridiculous. You know, I think for for as much you know grievances we give Man City for buying players, they still are good players. And even you know uh, what's his name, the their goalkeeper, his goalkeeper Edison. Uh, Edison. For all that flag, I would have if they had put him there instead of Mendy, I would have been like, okay, I see it. The was guy it you guys that sent me that that um, Edison safe against Lukaku? Uh, it wasn't me. I think someone else did. But that save was either. amazing. But it was a great save. It was a that great was a save. fantastic he, it save. It was very easy to read when Lukaku when Lukaku opened his body up. You could yeah. tell that he wasn't. Yeah. Well, he, yeah. hasn't, he hasn't got choice. He had no option there. Yeah. So I thought the fact that he was managed to get it off yeah. and it was curling in. Yeah. That was a good shot off. Yeah, but but the, but, but in those scenarios, anyway, you go yeah. to yourself, right? I if a goalkeeper like him couldn't get in there. How could you take I any think, of I what they've done? Man City. The problem is again, it's a branding issue. They just buy players, and also no one likes them. And also, actually, I think Man City is actually a really low key team. Like they don't make big noises. They don't talk trash. They don't. They just because their fans aren't very well, yes. likable. <laughs> <laughs> if they have any, but also like how many Man City fans have you actually met in your real life? No, but there will never be any Man City fans because I'm not from Manchester. Yeah, and um, people I know, only kids will support like a team like that. But it, and even if you look at the Man City fans, well, they like the players, think not about, the fans. Think about the, the no, but think about the reason why you support Chelsea, right? Yeah. You grew up wa- watching them because they were winning when you were growing up. Actually, I, wa- I like watching them because they beat Arsenal. That's my main motivation <coughs> to why I support Chelsea. I literally cannot even hide it. And also, they had Drogba in the team. And for some, and I didn't realize that Drogba no, was enough. an absolute unit against Arsenal. I could be an Arsenal supporter right now. Thank you, Didier Drogba. I just want to say that. Why, why did you have such hate, hate against Arsenal? Because my brother supported Arsenal. Oh, right, okay, fair and enough. because of it, I was like, okay, if this team, whatever team faces Arsenal next, beats them, I will support this team. Why do you support Arsenal? Oh, sorry, my, uh, Chelsea. Uh, because my brother supported Arsenal. Oh, wow. I, there's a lot I, of El- I remember the next big game coming up for uh, like a rivalry against Arsenal was a Chelsea game. It might game. be the same game. And then I fell in love with Didier Drogba. Wh- it might be the same game. Wait, which, game, which year was this? Uh... <laughs> 2004, 2005, oh my days! You guys are twins. You guys are twins. I mean, you guys have you guys are. This is a madness. I love my bro, but it was very satisfying to cel- to celebrate when that team beat. Yeah. You know, it's really team. funny because uh, my uh, one of my best friends, Sam. Yeah. Uh, he 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 supports Arsenal for the very same reason. Did he? Yeah. Because <laughs> everyone in his family supports Chelsea. <laughs> yeah. And it he, always he, happens if it was wait, family and sibling rivalries. When was this win that Arsenal had against Chelsea? It wasn't a win. It's just because like he, he just got he sick just of hated the family. That, anyway, I was, I was gonna say yeah. Um, okay, I'm g- I'm gonna I'm gonna move on to just to a couple of my yeah. shout outs this week. Um, this isn't a new segment, but I'm just gonna do it anyway. Oh, uh, first of all, I'm gonna give three shout outs this week. Shout out. Uh, let's Woo-hoo. let's let's make the uh, the best one first. I'm gonna shout out Tottenham Hotspur. Go on. For winning back-to-back trophies. <laughs> Two years in a row. The Puskas Award. <laughs> Son Heung-min's last mi- last year uh, with his best goal. This year, Eric Lamella with the best goal of the year. Tottenham, Tottenham finally got something in the trophy cabinet. They haven't released DVDs in a while, but those Tottenham fans are going to buy one for that It's, it's going to be a DVD. It's going to be about two minutes <laughs> long. It's going to be our best goals. It's going to be an NFT. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's the way forward NFT. NFT. Um, Second, second, uh, I'm going to say player, but it's not the second place. The first player I'm going to shout out individually. Uh, second Nathan Award, let's go. I'm going to shout out Ben Mee. Um, oh, yeah. For those you might not have seen, Ben Mee celebrated 10 years at Burnley, mm-hmm. I think it was today, 
if not yesterday. I think it was yesterday. Uh, yesterday. Yeah. Um, and he took to his Twitter thread to shout out the people behind the scenes who have also been at Burnley for a long time. Very to good. shout out the, the Kitman who had been there for 12 years, uh, training ground manager who had been for t- been around for 25 years and like, wow. gave a little description about them and kind of used his platform to promote the people behind the scenes who would never get recognition. Yeah. Um, he also shouted out uh, a lady who had worked in the ticket office for over 30 years but had retired wow. at the start of the year. So kind of used this platform to, to shine that's the light to someone else. And, and, and that's what we like to see football. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's had a huge, hugely positive reception. People are, are shouting it out all over the place and kind of calling for more players to do more of this and shout out players behind the scenes. And yeah, and yeah it was just such a nice, a nice thing to read. Um, and the final player I'm going to shout out as a Chelsea fan, it would be it would be hard not to shout out a Chelsea Here he player. goes. Uh, Timo Werner. Uh, he gave a really nice interview um, today. Oh, it was released today. I'm sure it was given a little while ago. Yeah. Uh, in that interview, he said um, he was asked about his relationship with the Chelsea fans. Um, and he said, sometimes I don't know why they are supporting me so much because I'm a striker and I want to score but miss chances. Oh. And I feel it's very humble, right? He oh, knows that's, he oh, knows no, that he's missed chances. That's actually sweet. He, he knows he misses chances. Self-awareness, but, very high. But it's it's good because, you know, as Chelsea fans, me yeah. and you all know that we get a lot of banter about Timo Werner and how, you know, he misses yeah, all yeah. these chances, especially last year. Yeah. But... I think the reason why we love Timo Werner is because of his attitude. He, he yeah. doesn't give up. His movement off the ball is superb. He still he does more he play in the than middle. just score. Didn't right? give a didn't give a, a what is it um, an interview talking about how much he loves his former club. That yeah, really and, and I think that's the difference. Like with Lukaku, for example, right? We were all like none of us. I think in all honesty, right? Chelsea fans, we know we struggle with strikers. It is our one curse. We can find the, time, the yeah. greatest players in every position. Look, we got Kepa. We couldn't find. We couldn't figure it out. We get Mendy. For our strikers, since Costa, every other striker we have had has been atrocious. Torres, yep. Morata, and now Lukaku. He's not as bad, but he's just he's in that same category. We had Pato at one point. Remember that? Oh yeah. Yeah, and so I think with him saying this is just sweet. He's. He's realizing that the fans love him, not just because he is... I think he's also a nice guy. His interviews are very sweet. He's always honest. He's never happy with his performances. And the fact that he's acknowledged that he gets the support... I don't know if you remember this, but we recorded an episode where a fan defended him when fans were first allowed back to see the team training and someone was booing him on the mic or something. Right. And the fans absolutely yeah, just defended yeah, I do remember him. This. Yeah, I do remember that start of the season. And if I was him... I mean, with this performance, you would understand why he'd leave the club. But he still stayed, and he's still here. And I can see him wanting to stay because he wants to, I guess, repay the fans. That's beautiful, man. He went on to say, then after he said it, it makes it so fun to play in front of the Chelsea fans. And when they give the support they give me, it makes me stronger when I miss chances or have hard times. I try to give my best every game, 100% oh, to make man. sure the team are happy. Fair play. We love Timo. And That's big shout out to man. Lindsay Hooper. It was her interview. That's amazing. Well. Um, Timo, you've now scry- skyrocketed up there. As, he's, he's got it already. I as as one of Chelsea my favorite legend. players already. right there. Get um, in your brief 20 years. Get a 3D history. model out. <laughs> I, I meant to do this when we were talking about the the, the FIFA Pro awards and stuff. Uh, yeah. Just a just a quick quiz. I'm just going to go back to it because I forgot about this completely. It's my bad. Um, who do you think Harry Kane voted for? Oh, yeah. As, as uh, you know, the, we're recording it in England. I'm going to ask you who you think Harry Kane voted for and who you think Gareth Southgate voted for. I think uh, Harry Kane voted for Kante. 
And I think... Um, so we've got one, two, and three. Where do, you, where do you think if he did vote for Kante, he'd put Kante? Kante first. And then he would have put in uh, Ronaldo second. And then third place, he put... Le- no, second place, Lewandowski. Third place, I think he would have put Ronaldo. And then Southgate, I would hold say... On, hold on, hold on. Okay, what do you yeah, came first, yeah. Tim? <laughs> <laughs> himself first. You, can't, you, you, you can't, can't vote for yourself. Oh. Come on, yeah. Tim. Come on. Sun Youngmin. I think you can't vote for your teammates. Can you not? No, no, no. I think that's a, that's the rule. Oh. You can't vote for your teammates. I don't know, man. Like, I've got very little brain power. I think there. I think you can vote for teammates. Can you? Yeah, you, you can. You know yeah, yeah, you can. Oh, okay, you can. okay. You can. You know, I'm I've got very little brain power left today. <laughs> you know this. Just, just say just random names. Name, just, just name three footballers. We've Come given on. you like so there's so three many footballers. Names. Yeah, just three footballers. Even I just had to think of something, but I do think that that's that was his likely team without having seen anything. Virgil Van Dijk. Okay, fair point. I think it's going to be really hard for a striker to vote for a striker. Um, but I'll go for Lewandowski. Second. I mean, he's not a striker; he's a DM. <laughs> yeah, he he is like a PLO, <laughs> deep line midfielder. Um, Messi third? You both got two out of three. Wow. Which means between you, you've covered the full three. Uh, third place in Golo Kante. Yeah. Second place, Lionel Messi. First place, Robert Lewandowski. Oh. I was about to say Roberto. Oh, well Lewandowski. Well, I, Robert I, I did say Lewandowski. No, I said Lewandowski second. You said Ronaldo as well, though. You I said Ronaldo third. Messi, yeah. Yeah, yes. I mixed that up, yeah. Um, Southgate. Gareth Southgate. Southgate will put Jorginho number one because <laughs> that man destroyed. I mean, Sp- that man. Spanked his England team. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Second place, I would say. I don't think you can vote for Harry Kane, can you? Um, I would say Ronaldo. No, actually, Lewandowski. And then third place is uh, Ronaldo. Lewandowski, Messi, Salah. Both got one out of three that time, but none. none it's in like the right playing position. Wordle. None yeah. in the right position. Or like Hangman. Uh, so or third place, Southgate put Messi. Yeah. Second place, De Bruyne. Oh. First place, Jorginho. I was oh, right. Wow, you got the first one right. I, I think, knew he was going to cheat someone. Who I think if De Bruyne was healthy the whole year, he would have been a very suitable candidate. Yeah. The but thing about wasn't. De Bruyne, right, is De Bruyne is so good that the only thing that limits his potential is that he isn't as flashy as other players. Like, I've never heard him in an interview. I don't remember the last time I heard his no, voice. He's quite a shy guy. Yeah. It's very interesting when you look at, like, who the players and managers voted for because a lot of them do vote for either international teammates or teammates. Like, I'm looking at Messi, and he's got Neymar and Mbappe 1-2. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Alaba's got Benzema in there. Hazard's got Benzema in there. Thiago Silva's got Neymar and Jorginho. Of course. Um, teammates. Salah? Went Jorginho, Messi, Lewandowski. No teammates in there at all. So hats off to Salah. Uh, yeah. Lloris went for Benzema, Mbappe, and Kante. Three French. Um, yeah. Son went for Lewandowski, Messi, and Kante. Yeah. Van Dijk, Uh-oh. Salah, Lewandowski, Kante. Uh, Andy Robertson, Salah, Lewandowski, Messi. Um, Lindelof, Ronaldo, Lewandowski, Benzema. Xhaka, mm. uh, Salah, Ronaldo, Benzema. Are you just going to go for every single player in no, the Premier League now? Or yeah. just gonna no, that's it. Apologies that's for the banging. We didn't realize um, there would be construction work. Maybe that's the people working at uh, Everton trying to rebuild whatever it is they're trying to do now. Maybe, maybe, maybe it is. Um, but uh, let's end then on predictions for this week. Um, obviously, there is a game 
again recorded this is recorded on Tuesday night um Oh, there's a game playing about there to is play a game, right now. There's a game, 8 o'clock, uh, Brighton Dang. at home to Chelsea. And then obviously after that, we've got fixtures for the weekend as well. Dang. Um, obviously, there should have been another game tonight, but it was postponed. Um, so let's go through. We'll go up until the game at the end of this weekend, so 23rd, which is the last game of the weekend of Chelsea Tottenham. So we'll go through all the games up until then and now. So I think um, so we start with tonight's game, which is Brighton Chelsea. Uh, I'm going for a three-one win to Chelsea. I'm going to go just two-two-one. I think Brighton are good. They like playing against us. They one really are able to turn results against us. One 0 to Brighton. Oh, interesting, interesting. Uh, Leicester Tottenham tomorrow night. Tottenham two-nil. I'm going to go Tottenham. Tottenham 2-1. Yeah, what same. happened to Leicester? Uh, Brentford, Man United. Draw, 1-1. Man United are... In trash! <laughs> um, You're trash, dude. 2-1 Man U. Uh, I'm going to go 2-0 Man United. Uh, Friday, a, a big one at the bottom of the league. Uh, Watford against Norwich. Watford are going to take this one, 2-0. Let's go Norwich, 2-1. I'm going Norwich too. I'm so annoyed as well because la- last week when I said to you, I s- said Norwich. No, nah, actually, I'll go Everton. And the one week I don't back them, they get a result. So I'm going to go Norwich 2-1. Uh, Everton, Aston Villa. Aston Villa. Didn't even have to say yeah, the next bit. Aston Villa 3-1. 3-1 sounds fair. 3-1 Villa. 2-0. Mm, 2-1 Villa. Brentford Wolves. Wolves 1-0. 1-0. Wolves. Wolves. That defense Wolves is ridiculous. And I don't know how they Hats do off it. to Bruno Large because he's done an absolutely fantastic job since. And also, um, Wolves love Portuguese players. <laughs> they signed a couple already, aren't they? This. I can't. Did you hear uh, Ronaldo's interview where he said, "I looked around and all I saw were Portuguese players. That's why I passed it." <laughs> Leeds Newcastle. Come <laughs> on, are you going to back Leeds or are you going to? Back of a Newcastle course. team you made. M- after, the, after the game they won last weekend. Come on. I'm going to go for Leeds. Leeds are going to win it. Uh, actually, I think it's going to be a draw 1-1. 2-0 Leeds. Because Newcastle have just signed Chris Wood, right? Yeah. Yeah. And they could also have uh, Diego Carlos before the end of the week as well. Look at that. Uh, I'm going to go 1-1. Not the 60-year-old, but yeah, let's yeah, let's just so. 1-1. Uh, yeah. Man United, West Ham. Another uh, big game. 2-2. I think it's going to be a United win for this one. 2-1. Oh, I, mm, mm, I'm going to go 2-1 Man United. Uh, next up is Southampton v Man City. I think Southampton are going to nick this one. I think they're going to win 2-1. Are you having a laugh? I know. Hey, hey I, we need them to win. The whole Premier League needs them to make it entertaining. Otherwise, City are running away. Yeah, but we're not it. talking about whether or not they need to win. We're, we're talking about. Excuse me, Tim. These are win. my predictions. Okay, my predictions. <laughs> two 0 two nil Man City. <laughs> At the Etihad. There was no need for that. Sense, no, it, it's, I'm, it's sorry. Scary, I'm, so. I'm gonna. I'm gonna go <laughs> with a. Is it St Mary's? One one. Yes, yeah, St Mary's. One one. Um, Broha. Arsenal Burnley. Do your thing, Agent Broha. I think it's going to be an Arsenal win. Arsenal win easily. 3-0. I, I think it's going to be a postponement of Shoking. Arsenal. Arsenal has to win this. Actually, I'm going back if on. Arsenal wins the next two games, 
they'll be level in ter- when they level on terms of Chelsea they will be two points away from Chelsea yeah well, t- well Tottenham, Tottenham can overtake Chelsea if they win their games in hand I'm pretty sure now um, Arsenal 2-0 um, let's don't go don't depress me please I'm going for Arsenal 2-0 as well I don't think they'll score that many yeah Tottenham have four games in hand over Chelsea and are currently ten points behind so there you go. There'll be five games in hand after tonight, so even more interesting. Trash. I'm not going to watch another Chelsea Premier League game. Um, where do we go up to? I what was I that? I that was Alistair Burnley. So Crystal Palace, Palace yeah. Liverpool. Um, I think Liverpool are going to win this one. 3-2. Just about get through to win it. 1-1. One, 2-2. One. Two, two. Leicester, Brighton. I think Leicester will win it 2-1. Brighton, 1-0. As much as I love Le- Brighton. Leicester, 2-1. Brighton are that Chelsea. team that no one wants to see lose. Chelsea Tottenham. Come on. It's called what? Three point what? Three point lane. Wherever they go, <laughs> they're still going to get <laughs> slapped. <laughs> There's one team when we face, I know we're never going to lose the games, and that's Tottenham. No, please don't say I that. Promise you. Please I don't, don't say care. That. You're gonna I'm it. saying it. 4-0 Chelsea. Mate, we've just watched two Chelsea Tottenham games and it's finished 2 0 and 1 0. I said 4 0 Chelsea. Uh, I'm going 2 0 two nil Chelsea. These are my predictions. No, no. <laughs> and done. done. And have a day Apparently off. Apparently, well there's no, the there's no more games until the 8th of February. Oh, oh win- break, no, winter break. Oh, winter oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot oh, about that. Very first winter break. And winter after break. the winter Except break. Winter break like Club World Cup. Yeah, and also after the winter break, they might bring in the five substitutions rule in the Premier League. Which would be great for our Champions League rounds. Also means with a with a break in football, we may have to do some more quizzes. Look at that! Look at that! Look and at with that, that, with that, we the leave podcast is over. Is that is that what you want to say? I don't, I don't yeah. know. You just kind of pointed. The at real me question is: said words. Will it actually be uploaded? I'm just. You know, I'm just <laughs> and the uh, real question is: uh, Will Ty stop being a little? He anyway, might, thank you for hey, joining the podcast. He <laughs> might have to cook next week as well, so you never know. <laughs> no, to be fair, yeah, he might yeah. be cooking next week, so there might not yeah. be any I'm sorry quiz. I'm a chef, you microwave boy. I meal prepped the entire week's worth of food. Hold on, hold on. last week you weren't yeah. here because you cooked yourself a meal yeah. that you couldn't eat. Get away. Oh, yeah, you did that too. Yeah. Get out of here. Yeah. I'm sorry. Right, that thank you all for listening, and we will see you back <laughs> next week for episode 19. Later. Have fun. Bye.